Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 17. Almost the entirety of this week's reading comes from the collection of the Psalms. What I appreciate about the Psalms is that they can give language to our wrestling, to our prayers, and really to our relationship with the Lord. Joining us this week are Becky Davidson and Meredith Vaughn, and they shared some of these Psalms that are jumping out to them, Psalm 13, Psalm 23. And what I love about our conversation today is that they really show how these can be such a personal expression of our understanding and our walk with the Lord. So let's jump in on this conversation with Becky and Meredith. Becky and Meredith, we are so glad that you guys are with us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Meredith, it's been a while. You have been on the podcast and I'm excited to have you back. Well, thanks. It's cool <laughs> You're to, a little biased. to uh, yeah, to, <laughs> <should be. laughs> to get to do this with with you. Uh, but Becky, this is your first time yeah. with us. So tell us, who is Becky Davidson? Well, I guess I go by I'm the mom to John Alex because that's how most people know me. Mm-hmm. Is that I am John Alex's mom, and I am also the co-founder and president of Rising Above Ministries. That. Uh, is an outreach ministry to special needs families. And we started, my late husband Jeff and I started that as out of the, out of our life as being special needs parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, my late husband Jeff used to be on staff as a pastor here at the river yeah. and was an elder when he passed away. So yeah. we've been part of the river family since the Cane Creek days. Yeah. So we've been here a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're my friend. And, yes. yes. <laughs> my Absolutely. very good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Meredith, part of what you do is um, you work at the Cookville Pregnancy Clinic ministering to to women who find themselves mm-hmm. uh, uh, with, uh, in their minds, crisis uh, and unexpected preg- pregnancies. And um, so that's kind of the world you swim in. Mm-hmm. And Becky, you swim in this world of, of families who find themselves also in crisis, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> perhaps, yeah. um, you know, as as they're trying to understand what it looks like uh, living life, mm-hmm. doing life um, with uh, a family member who has, um, in some cases, very extreme special yeah. needs. So my question for both of you as we're as we're getting started is the things that you do and those worlds that you swim in, how how has scripture impacted the way that you minister in those environments? Mm-hmm. I'll go first. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know for me, I use it all the time in my life and in my heart and with the families that I minister to because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. Like my mind will go a million different places. I will go to anxiety and worry and stress when I look at my life. And then I can go, oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Be still and know that I am God. Or or I can go, no, the Lord will never leave me or forsake me. And over and over again, just scripture will will come alive in my life just based on whatever it is that I'm experiencing. And so part of the joy of what I get to do then is then work with other parents and encourage them 
hey, here are some scriptures that minister to me mm-hmm. on this journey. Get them deep in your heart because when you hit crisis, because it's going to happen as mm-hmm. a special needs parent, when your child's having a meltdown or you're being rushed to the ER in the back of an ambulance, you want to have the word so deep in your heart that it just automatically comes out. And that's what I found in my life now. I'm at that place because I've memorized so much or I've read so much that when those things happen, I have key verses that will just pop mm. right out and be there right at that moment. It's almost just like that medicine that's just right there, that balm for your, for your soul when you need it. Yeah. yeah. And I would say, you know, with us, each client is different. And so it's not always... Um, it's not always the right time just to verbally share scripture um, with a client. Um, but like Becky, those things are constantly flooding my mind, flooding my thoughts and helping me, I think, love on these clients in a way um, that Jesus would. And I, yeah. I find myself, we find ourselves, I should say we at the clinic, it's not just me, uh, find ourselves literally praying each morning and asking the Lord to let us be Jesus with skin on to these people and and their and their babies and their families and but every once in a while the Lord will give you a way to to share truth into those situations and being able to you know tell a mama hey look this baby is fearfully and wonderfully made you know being able to be still and know that mm-hmm. I am God that one comes to my thoughts probably daily in some of these um, client situations and their circumstances and so it's not so much that I'm always sharing truth with them verbally, but they leave with a sense of having felt loved and having felt like we pray that they have been in the presence of Jesus and they have felt an unconditional love from us. And oftentimes clients will leave saying, I just have never felt so loved Mm -hmm. and cared for as I did in there. Or they'll say things like, I just didn't feel judged. I just Mm -hmm. felt like I was seen and taken care of. And that's our prayer. And that's the answer to our prayers. And I would say for both of you, you are often working with and ministering to people who are either angry at God mm-hmm. or don't trust him mm-hmm. uh, or may not even believe in him at all, much less the scriptures or, or the Bible. And so I think it's neat how the scriptures are ministering to them, maybe not because you're sharing some of those, just, you know, throw it off Bible at them, obviously, but because it's ministered to you mm-hmm. and it's, uh, the Lord's word and his grace and his hope has filled you up so that then you're able to, mm-hmm. um, to then love and care for others. Well, not, we're going to talk about this later. I know we're going to talk about Psalm 23 in this, in this time, but I don't think we could continue to pour out in the way that we pour out if we didn't let the shepherd guide mm-hmm. and totally. lead us and pour yeah. into yeah. us the things he pours into mm-hmm. us from his word. Right. So. Cause both of you are, working with people that are dealing with some very mm-hmm. heavy, yeah. deep mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're on the front line. I mean, yeah. we're on the front line in, in both our ministries of of serving those families who feel unseen, unloved, mm-hmm. who feel who are angry mm-hmm. and bitter and mad. Yeah. And how do you shift that narrative? So as we're reading uh, this week, we are pretty much all psalms there's a little bit at the beginning of the week that that we read some from from the book of chronicles several psalms that we've read mm-hmm. through and uh one thing I, I would like to say the the way that the the chronological bible puts all of these together it's grouping them by theme and so you don't quite get to see uh the book 
itself, the collection of Psalms as we would have it in in our Bibles and in some of our normal translations, the way it's laid out, there is an order to it for sure. But here they're grouping them uh, by by theme. Uh, so I just wanted to note that so y- we don't necessarily see the order that maybe was originally <laughs> meant as it w- as it had come together. Uh, as a collection of psalms, but a lot of these psalms uh, in the beginning are uh, are psalms from from David, and a lot of them coming from a time of his life where he was uh, running for his life, and so that definitely shades the things that that he wrote down and some of these other psalmists and the psalms themselves. Some of them are poems. Some of them are just written out prayers, and some of them are songs. So thinking of the ones that we've read this week, uh, what are some of the psalms or one particular one that has really just jumped off the page to you guys this week? Well, I found it interesting because as I was reading through this week's reading, I, you know, I kept thinking, I'm reading my journal. Like, this is how I journal now. Yeah. And I used to hate to journal. Meredith, Meredith knows that. <laughs> but I've recently started journaling, and it's almost like this. I'll, I'll kind of lay out— my lament, okay, God, this is what's going on, and I don't like this. But then it, yeah. every time it turns into a prayer at the end and a prayer of, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I know you're going to help me through this. I know that whatever's happening here, I may not like it. I don't understand this, but I know the truth. And so when I was reading through Psalm 13, just really j- jumped out to me because it was like, this is something that I have actually prayed probably many, many times mm-hmm. as a special needs mom, as a widow and a solo parent, especially. You know, right after Jeff passed away, I remember sitting on the side of the bed with my son and he's having a seizure mm-hmm. and I'm just holding him and I feel so alone. And mm-hmm. I feel, I remember just going, crying out to God, just going, do you see us? Do you not mm-hmm. see? I'm sitting here. I just lost my husband. My child's having a seizure. I am all alone. It's like, you could, you know, stop this. Yeah. And just that sense of being so alone and just pouring out. And I'm sure I don't remember, but I'm sure I flipped it in that moment at the mm. end of just going, you're, I know you're here. I know you're with us. Um, and that's kind of how Psalm 13 is yeah. laid out. Yeah. Won't you read that? Do you have that? Mm-hmm, right I do. There? Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? That's how I felt. How long yeah. will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? With sorrow in my heart every day, how long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, oh my God. Restore the sparkle to my eye, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I rejoice because you have rescued me. I sing to the Lord because he is good to me. And it made me think about there was there was a time right after Jeff died, and I remember standing in my kitchen. And I could not pray because I was just so hurt and so sad. And and I remember just going, God, I don't trust you. And then all of a sudden, Jeff's mm-hmm. own words came back to me, where he would say, "When you feel you can't trust God's actions in your life, you must trust His heart." Yeah. And Jeff had settled it in his heart, even through all his sickness and all that he went through, that he trusted God. And so when he, when I heard that. <laughs> In my mind, and I'm like, okay, Jeff, okay, God, I've got it. But it was true. That was a turning point for me in my grief to be re- to remember that even in my pain, even in my sorrow, 
God's plans for me are good. And I think that we see that all throughout reading this. I mean, David laments, and then he's like, oh, but no, I trust in your unfailing love. Yeah. Yeah. And as being your friend and standing and watching from the sideline, you know, I was there that day that he passed yeah. at your house and um, with you or just and seeing you walk through that and seeing you feel so alone and um, just wrestling with it all and wrestling with your grief. But then I loved that part where you read, but return the sparkle to my mm-hmm. eye because he has. He has. And, you know, I see you and I I see what how you live your life and how you love other people so much. Now and I'm that, crying. And that sparkle <laughs> that sparkles there. Oh, you know, you you, you didn't you didn't stay there. And I love Psalm twenty three. Um, the Lord is my shepherd and we all so often I think we hear that this passage read at funerals, um, and in death and um but I think it's a I think it's a passage for us that are living. And, you know, thinking about you walking through mm-hmm. all of that with Jeff, you know, and it talks about um, even when I walk through the darkest valley um, or some some um, translation says the valley of death, mm-hmm. you're with me. And it says, you know, I think what's so interesting about that passage is it doesn't say even when I get stuck in the darkest valley or the valley of death mm-hmm. or, or when I die in the valley of death. No, it says you will go through the valley of death. And I think he brought you through, mm-hmm. and he's returned that sparkle to your eye. And I just think it's such a sweet thing to to be able to stand on the outside and look in and see that the Lord is good, and He has carried you through that whole that whole process. And um, so I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and read this if that's okay. So Psalm 23 says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength." He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And and Becky knows this about me. This passage has... um probably been my Mm go-to passage for the last year and a half, I think. Um, I was trying to look back on that. And I think as the world has felt like um, spinning out of control and, um, you know, like I would find myself searching and trying to find knowledge in different places on on what's going on in the world and what do I need to prepare myself for? What do I need to get ready for my family (laughs) and all these kinds of things? And I just kind of kept feeling like the Lord was prompting me and saying, I'm right here. I don't know why you think you can go find all your answers somewhere else, mm-hmm. but I am the good shepherd yeah. Yeah. and I will lead you yeah. beside still waters. And um, so that took me on this journey of um, just really digging into this passage and reading some books on it. And in the process of that, um, for a shepherd, for sheep, it's impossible to make sheep lie down. Um, a shepherd can't make their sheep lie down unless certain criteria are met. And they have to be completely free of fear. They have to be free of any tensions with other sheep. Interesting. <laughs> and they have to not, or it's two, actually it's four things. They have to um, be satisfied. They can't be hungry, looking for food. And they can't be bothered by pests like flies and parasites and That's things it. like that. All four of those things have to be completely absent for a sheep to lie down. Mm. And if we take this passage and look at it like, a, you know, our good shepherd, mm. he can take all of those things that trouble us day to day and help us to lie down and rest. But how often do we find ourselves striving? We're going to talk about mm-hmm. that, I think, in a minute. 
striving and trying to figure all this out on our own instead of allowing our good shepherd to lead us and to guide us into those places of rest. There's a part of that song that I really, that always sticks out to me, says you, and I think we can fly through it and, and miss it. You prepare a place, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And I think some translations say you prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies. He didn't say you deliver me from my enemies. Hmm. He said you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. That So even in those hardest struggles that we experience, the Lord has prepared a mm-hmm. feast for us. Like yeah. we can rest in him. We can trust in him. I love that part. Mm-hmm. One thing I heard from from both of you, I love how you've made these personal, you know, uh, whether it was Psalm 13 mm-hmm. for for you, Becky, and just sharing how, you know, you were sitting there on the on the side of the bed, caring for your son, dealing with grief and crying out to the Lord. Like that's what David was experiencing mm-hmm. uh, or some of the other psalmists. That's what they were experiencing as they did that. And Meredith, for you, and just a time of struggle and turmoil how this scripture came came alive to you. I just love how how the Lord uh, ministers to us in that. But I think it's a it's a good point to to recognize that these were very personal things for mm-hmm. people that they were going through and the Lord has preserved those and given them to us to even give language to our own prayers and to our own struggle. Mm-hmm. And it almost gives you permission to go I think a lot of people are, yes. are afraid yeah. to share their emotions and their feelings, and so they bottle it all inside, mm-hmm. and then that causes all kinds mm-hmm. of trouble. But to know that you can freely go to God and go, no, this doesn't make sense to me. No, this do- I don't like this, and I don't understand this. That's okay as long as we're doing the second part there. And that's what I oh, love. It's, it's like through all of these almost, it's like— laying out your heart, pouring out your heart and your sorrow, but then remind, it's like preaching to yourself, Mm -hmm. no, but this is the truth. Having that truth, again, it kind of goes back to having that truth in your heart. So even when you're in that place of lamenting and in that place of sorrow and deep grief and whatever it is that's going on, that you're pouring all that out, for that other, if it's there, it's going to bubble back up. The good is going to bubble back up. The truth will bubble back up. And so... Um, it's, but it gives, you need to ha- know it's okay to cry out to God with those feelings and those emotions. And I think he knows this, it anyway. Yeah, I and mean, I think the Psalms kind of help us see that doubt and confidence in the Lord can coexist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like David is doubting at the beginning of a lot yeah. of Psalms of if, if God's presence, of God's protection, of God's deliverance for him. But the, by the end of the Psalms, he, or that Psalm, whatever it is, he's confident mm-hmm. of the victory, the deliverance. And God's protection yeah. for him. And maybe sometimes he wasn't even that confident in it. He just like, I'm going to have to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that maybe I can mm-hmm. remind myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In your lamenting or your grief, uh, Becky or, or Meredith, either one of you, have you ever written down or said things to God in your prayers that part of you like reels back from because you're like, oh man, that's. That might be blasphemy right now. <laughs> well, I do. I remember Jeff used to say, uh, "I forget exactly what's like." I can stand here and tell you, I've cursed at God and survived because he would come back around. You know, yeah. he come would come back yeah. around. But I remember in the um, the time period when Jeff was in the hospital, 
his last few days, and John Alex was in and out of the hospital. Yeah, at the same time. Mm-hmm. At the same time. And I remember it was a Sunday morning. John Alex act was happened to be a time frame that he was at home. And so I'm home taking care of John Alex. He's still so, so sick. Mm-hmm. Jeff's in Nashville in the hospital. And I get that call at five o'clock in the morning from Jeff's mom saying he's just coded again and gone back on a ventilator. And I'm sitting here like... You've got to be kidding me. And that is the one time I can say, I literally, I've never done this before and I've never done it since, but I'm screaming at God, Mm -hmm. just going, do you not, do you not see me? Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I was pouring it just like, what in the world am I supposed to do? My husband's in the hospital dying. My son is here. How, what am I supposed to do? And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a guttural cry out to God. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I have. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the closest I've ever been to just, I lost it. I absolutely lost it because I felt so abandoned. But now looking back, now that, you know, that I'm five years out, and actually, you know, sooner than five years out, but I, I could look back and go, see how many places God was there, even though I felt in that moment I was so utterly alone. I can't, I mean, there are a million things that I can point back to people and just different situations where God was there, even though I felt like I was utterly all by myself. Yeah. And in those moments, what do you think the Lord was thinking or saying? I can't believe she's saying this right now. No, I think he was, uh, oh gosh, don't make me cry, Brian. I think he was right there, and I think mm-hmm. his arms were right around me, and he was just going, baby girl, I'm right here. Yeah. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. You're not by yourself. I, I'm going to get you through this. It's not going to turn out the way you want. Yeah. But I'm right here. And God, what's so beautiful is that since I've started journaling and I've started, Meredith <laughs> Meredith and I have been kind of on this similar journey uh, of, of getting to this place of restoration and stillness and and um, God has shown me time and time and time again that he was there. Mm. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. And so, no, he was not angry with me at all. He was grieving with me. Yeah. And I think his heart was breaking because he saw my heart breaking. Something else the Lord has done for us, Becky and I, over the last couple of years is because of my di- diving into Psalm 23, I read a book that is, I think it was um, printed in 19... 19- 1955, oh, I think. Yes. Um, called Hind's Feet in High Places. And that book, it's an allegory of the Good Shepherd. Um, life-changing book. Life-changing book for both of mm-hmm. us. And I hear you talk about that. And all I can think of is um, pain and sorrow mm. accompanying mm-hmm. your companions mm-hmm. through the valley of death. Mm-hmm. And in this book, we have the main character in this book is um, Much a little shepherdess <laughs> yeah. whose name is Much Afraid. And yeah. she's ugly, and she's deformed, and she can't walk, and she's never going to get to the high places without the Good Shepherd. But she longs so much for the Good mm-hmm. Shepherd. And at times you feel like he's left her. At times you're like, well, where, why did you leave her in this situation? Yeah. Why did you leave her all alone to face her family? Her Basically, she comes of a family of fear. And why did you leave her alone? But all she had, and he told her, all she had to do was to cry out. Mm-hmm. And he'd be there in an instant. Every time. And every single time he comes. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of the story, and I don't want to spoil it, but she's restored and he takes her to the high places, Mm -hmm. to the mountains. But in every every place there's mountains, there's valleys, 
there's no mountains without a valley. And so I think we have so many promises here of the Lord walking us through those Mm -hmm. valleys and being right Mm -hmm. there with us, Mm -hmm. even when we're saying, where are you? (laughs) What do you guys share with people? Uh, Maybe it's people you minister with Mm -hmm. or just people you do life with and you walk alongside. Uh, Becky, for you, maybe it's the the family that like, why is this Mm -hmm. happening to my child? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand. Uh, What do you say in those, in those moments? And it's, it's always so tough because you just, you don't ever know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But so often it's almost just sharing my story and saying, you know, I was there, I was where you were. And I remember looking at my life, having this young child who had profound special needs and going, this isn't what we signed up for. You know, this isn't, this isn't what we planned, but I can look now and I can see God's ultimate goodness, that his plans for us were so good and that John Alex was and is the best gift that God could have Mm. ever blessed us with. And so things might not ever make sense to us. But again, it goes back almost to Jeff's quote. When we don't, we feel like we can't trust his actions. We have to trust his heart. So Mm -hmm. God knew that I needed John Alex. Mm. I needed John Alex. John Alex didn't need me. I needed John Alex to mold me and shape me into who God wants me to be. And so, and that God will, he'll guide you. He will, if he's called you, he will equip you to do this. He will help you every step of the way if you will surrender and let him do that. If you try doing it on your own, you're going to be beat up by the end of this journey. But if you can release to him and let him guide you, he will. The older I get and... The longer I've walked with Jesus, the less I feel like I have to have an answer Mm -hmm. to some of those questions. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like, like, I think many years ago, I would have felt like, well, I got to defend God right Right. now. And uh, I've come to realize that I don't, I don't have to Mm -hmm. defend him. He's good enough. He's loving enough. He's just enough. I mean, I think at the end of I think it was Psalm 13. It talked about his unfailing mm-hmm. love. Trust in your unfailing love. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I counted in these days. It says unfailing love 17 times. In well, and Psalms I probably, this week, yeah, yeah, I probably missed one here or there, but I counted at least 17 times it says unfailing yeah. love. That's definitely a theme that runs through, mm-hmm. the, through the psalm. Mm-hmm. I think of, and I don't know if it was in this reading or not, um, I think it's Psalm 63 that I think the NLT says, your unfailing love, O oh Lord, is better than life itself. Mm-hmm. And I think everything fails in this world. We fail each other. I mean, yeah. you and I fail each other. As friends, we fail mm-hmm. each other. But I think it's sweet that God reminds us that his love is unfailing. Yeah. And, you know, to answer that question, our clients, each one of them are different. Each one of them have different stories. And sometimes they bring so much hurt, so much mm-hmm. anger towards God because of abuse or things that's happened. And all we can do is just sit and listen. And love. Yeah. And I think if nothing else, we speak light. Mm-hmm. And I, we recently, some coworkers and I have been talking about this, like we are pushing back the darkness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with yeah. light yeah. and we are pushing back death with love and life. And, um, you know, it's not always, it doesn't, it looks different sometimes with each client, but um thankful for that, the hope that we mm-hmm. have yeah, and the light that we have living mm-hmm. within us is able to to push yeah. back the darkness. Yeah. Uh, to kind of wrap up our conversation, how would you guys uh, teach or counsel someone uh, 
to use these psalms to impact the way that they pray or how they process through what's going on in their lives? I think you just see yourself in it. Like when I'm reading that, I see myself sitting on the edge of the bed with John Alex. Mm. I see myself holding him while he's having a seizure. But then I see myself saying, but I trust in your unfailing love because you have rescued me. And just and I, and I turn it into prayer. So like I would mm-hmm. say, you know, God, I thank yeah. you. I thank you that I can trust in your unfailing love because you have rescued me time and time and time again. And I think that for me, that it's like seeing yourself there in your life, in your situation, whatever it is, in those different Psalms, and then turning it into your prayer out to God of, look, I'm going to trust in you. This last part here where it mm-hmm. says, you know, that you're going to rescue me. I'm, I'm trusting you to do that for me. It's funny, I was actually just having coffee with one of our college students yesterday, and I actually told her these things. Um, The same thing, like, pray these things out loud to the Lord. But um, I think one of the biggest things we have to do is to release control and just say, "I, I release this to you. I open my hands to you, and I release the control that I want to have on my life, that I want to say what my future holds, and I release that, and I give that to you. And just for example of that, Psalm 31 says, um, and I think like Becky said, you say this is a prayer, but I am trusting you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to you, you are my God. And so my future is in your hands. And and then I would add to that, I'm releasing control. I am loosening Mm -hmm. my grip on this and I'm holding it out and saying, your will be done in my life because I know you see the end from the beginning. I can only see right now, but you know what's coming down the road. And so I'm going to trust you because I know that you are a good shepherd. I know that you're going to lead me beside still waters. I know you're going to lead me into green Mm -hmm. pastures where I can eat fully and be satisfied. And I don't have to hunger and thirst and wonder where my next meal is coming from or my next word from you is coming from because I have it at my disposal if I use it when I'm I'm struggling, when I need it the most. I think the thing that, that comes to my mind is and Meredith, I think you mentioned it earlier in our conversation, Psalm forty six ten. David writes, I think it's Psalm of David. No, it's not. It's uh, uh, one of the sons of Korah. Uh, says, "Be still and know that I am God." Uh, and I love the translate. There's one of the translations, which is probably a more accurate translation, says, "Cease striving, mm. stop striving, mm. and know that I am God." And I think that's what the Psalms can teach us. Uh, is that we have to be quiet. We have to be still in order to even hear and and understand our uh, God's love for us. I don't think we can fully understand his presence if we're not still yeah. and let him speak those things into us. And, you know, I've heard it taught too that that word there, know that I am God, that word know is the same word that's used in the creation story where it talks about where Adam knew his wife and mm-hmm. they became one flesh. It's yeah. the same word there. So it's a very intimate knowing right. of, of God. It's a very intimate knowing of us by God. Yeah. And how do you get intimate with God unless you spend time and you stop striving, which I am the number one striver of all people. So <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. It's no not, he's going to, I was going to say, no Brian's going to be quiet It's not there. like I have this figured out by I'm, any I'm means. I'm just being still being over here. Still. <laughs> Smart move, Brian. <laughs> Smart man. Um, so I'm not saying I have this figured out, but I don't think I can fully know God 
in that way. Like David was so intimately known by God yeah. and seen by God, but it's because he was still in his presence yeah. and he let God speak those things into him in those times of stillness and in times of not striving. What would that feel like not to strive? I don't quite know. <laughs> and what would it feel like? Another passage in here is not to be shaken. What would that yeah. feel like? Yeah. Lots to learn here. And I, and I think we spend a lifetime figuring out mm-hmm. what that looks like. Thank you guys. It's been so much fun. Thank and, you. And uh, we might have to have the two of you back on together. Uh, <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at TWTW at theriverCC.com. Or if you're looking for a church home in Cookville, Tennessee, be sure to check us out at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.